shows contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. I'm Sia. And I'm Jordan. And you're listening to Booze with Booze. Bam. Bam. So, Sia, what's in our glass? Um, well, Jordan, thank you for asking. <laughs> Why are you like that? <laughs> All right, so um, today we were we were supposed to record a little bit earlier than this, so I try to plan a drink around morning time a little bit, um, but it's definitely not the morning time anymore. So, <laughs> um, but our we're drinking. Um, it's one part, but I put at least two parts rum. I use Bacardi, and then. Um, Topped with ginger beer, and I splashed orange juice. Drink. I poured, maybe. Most of the glasses. OJ. I love orange juice, so. Yeah, so that was hardly any rum in that. But, yep, that's what's in our glass today. Um, if you'd like to see any of our recipes for these drinks, um, they will be on all of our social medias. We'll post them as soon as we post the episodes. That way you can know what's in it and make it with us and drink along. Awesome. So, I'm really excited about this. Are you going to go first, right? Um, I actually have a few things to bring up before okay, cool. we start Sorry, let me our backtrack. Story. My bad. My bad. <laughs> um, I wanted to bring up Rodney Reed's execution has been delayed. Oh yeah, I think I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, he. Um, do you know anything about him at all? I mean, I know Kim Kardashian's kind of like oh, working with him. I'm like Kim super Kardashian. obsessed with this. <laughs> um, well, I don't want to go too much into detail because I do want to make a episode about him because it's. Well, pretty cool. messed up, but thank God his um, execution is not happening. It was supposed to happen today, well, when this episode comes out, so that would have been really, really depressing. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about, have you been seeing all the freaking abductions happening, like, lately? Yes, especially, like, in our own hometown. Like, we live in Houston, and there's, like, girls going missing everywhere. That's what Left you're talking about, right? right? Yeah, did you see that video that was on Twitter that was, like... Oh, with the Uber? That- or the Lyft lady? I don't know, maybe. It was, um, it was like, on recording on this Ring device. It Ring is, like, an app for your house. <gasps> Where she's screaming and the yes. car's driving by? Yes, dude. dude that was, gave me chills. That, I had literal chills. I was like, what the fuck? Ugh. And they were just, I mean, I know everybody in the world is going to do like, something. The way she sounded was terrifying. Yeah, I know. And I tried, like, seeing if she was okay or, like, looking up articles. I couldn't find anything yet, but... That is scary, and I feel like it's happening a lot more. And mm-hmm. Ladies, we need to be careful. You need to always keep an eye out. Yes, I have pepper spray on my keychains. In case anybody want to try me, I'm real quick. Exactly. <laughs> like, there's so much happening. I literally hold my keys in my hand like they're my knuckles. Like, <laughs> they're always just out there. Dude, see, so. your light keeps flickering, and I think it's like a sign telling us that maybe this is like I know. getting too maybe, real in here. Maybe we should not be telling in this room. Okay, but let's... The light keeps like flickering on and off, but like really bad. Alright, um, well yeah, I just wanted to say, ladies, we need... Oh, sorry. <laughs> ladies, we need to be careful. Um, no, seriously, we need to be careful. We need to start... Just keep an eye out. I mean, I, I've seen videos of girls being followed for blocks. Like, that is crazy. Like, that's so scary. Like, don't record. Call the police. Like, I'm sure they'll do something. I would hope they would do something. But, yeah. but that's all stuff. I wanted to bring up. Do you have any chit-chat you want to talk about or release? Um, no, you kind of really stole the show with that one. I mean, right. that's, like, very important. So Yeah. We can Sorry about that. Go with that. <laughs> all right.
right, so who wants to go first? Um, mine's I kind think of, you go first. All right, mine's um, my, I mean it's not that long, but it's a tad long. All right, I'm ready for this. Let's see what you got. All right, so <laughs> I'm telling the story of the Magnolia Hotel. Magnolia. Yeah. Okay, that's like really close to home. So. Oh, but see, it's <laughs> not in Magnolia. It's in Seguin, Texas. So a little bit outside of like uh, New Bronzeville area, kind of. Okay, gotcha. All right, so the Magnolia Hotel, um, it is in Seguin, Texas. This hotel was featured on like a lot of ghost shows, like Ghost Avengers being like a big one. Um, so uh, Seguin was originally called Walnut Springs. Uh, it was named Seguin, Texas, after a Tejano patriot, um, Juan Seguin. Mm -hmm. I'm he came and they named the town after him. I'm nice. I didn't do too many, too much research on him because he's really not important. But well, I, I got a town he, about him, so obviously he is. I mean, don't doubt this man. You're right. Maybe yeah. I should have researched that a little more. But I just want to give a little bit of um, backstory on the hotel, I guess. Um, so just a little bit of history before. Oh, I guess I kind of messed that up. So backtrack. I'm doing a paranormal story. Yeah, I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> I'm doing a paranormal story. My bad. But, um, so, I'm just going to give a little story, I mean, history about, um, about the hotel, and then I'll get into the ghost. So, um, this hotel is claimed to be, like, one of the most haunted uh, bed and breakfasts in Texas, and one of the first. Um, it was built as a log cabin back in the 1840s, and it was founded and built by um, one of the first Texas Rangers, and his name was James Campbell. James Campbell. Um, he had, Campbell had like a huge basement built, or at that time dug out by slaves, um, making wow. this basement an Indian raid safe house, basically. So when Indian raids would happen back then, like a whole bunch of women and children and everybody would be in that basement and That's there's horrible. yeah it, it's it was pretty bad they, I'm sorry to say this but it gets worse oh my um God. so so yeah so it's also um Seguin's jail and it was named one of the worst jails in all of Texas and I can only imagine it being an Indian raid area yeah you know like a super lot scary happened. stuff right so um there was many owners throughout the hotel's time. Um, Campbell did not get to enjoy his stay long at the hotel, which I'll get into a little bit later, and you'll see why. Um, over the next few decades, it has at least five different owners. So we'll go over a few of the owners and what they brought um, to the hotel. So um, after Campbell's passing, um, it was sold to Joseph F. Johnson. Um, he also built the stagecoach. That was one of the first stagecoaches there. Um, do you know what a stagecoach no, is? No, I was about to ask, what is that? Okay, so a stagecoach is like um, a horse-drawn vehicle that traveled usually from mail route to mail route. So it was like so, like the, the wagon, and then like a little horses attached. Gotcha. To it. Okay. Yeah. Like so, the old west type of stuff. Right. Basically. Okay. Okay. So, I gotcha. one of the first um, stagecoaches were built here. Um, 
it was used like that, like I said, to for mail and for um, designated routes that were from one way to the other. Mm-hmm. This light is freaking me. I know. It's twitching more and more. <laughs> I now, know. Like, like, the more I talk about the story, that's weird. I think this might be our first or last. So, <laughs> so this was fun while I lasted, but I think I'm good. Okay. Um, and he also built the town's first three-bedroom Lime Creek Hotel, which will, which is this hotel, just like another part of the building, because later, it, it was all separate at first, so later it becomes together as a big hotel. Okay, I think I can see the picture you're trying to paint. <laughs> okay, so... He, he, hand signals. Yeah, 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 the hand signals, sorry. Alright, so... Um, John Park is the one who built the three-bedroom Lime Creek Hotel. Um, he's not very important to the story. I'm just, you know, giving him a little credit because he built the hotel. Yeah. He was a chemist and a doctor who experimented on concrete. So this hotel was basically like one of the first hotels ever to actually have concrete. So it was very popular just for that reason. Um, a fun fact, Ulysses S. Grant, please tell me you know who that is. Yes, I obviously went to school. Okay. <laughs> He was a guest at the Magnolia Hotel um, many times, actually. Um, alright. That was the fun fact? Yep, that he was a guest. <laughs> you could have fun said, fact. like, nerd fact or something. Sorry, but go on. Sorry, sorry. I don't <laughs> think they want us calling them nerds, or am I calling myself a nerd? What's wrong with being a nerd? Nothing. Now I'm you made it offensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. Okay, okay. Whatever, nerd fact, fun fact, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So, um, in 1846, so remind you, um, 1840s is when Campbell built the, or found the cabin or whatever, and then he passed away in the same year. Now, in 1844, that's when the Lime Creek section of the hotel was built, and now, in 1846, um, the hotel was sold to a man named Jeremiah Strother Calvert. Um... A little bit more information on the stagecoach. Uh, the stagecoach was used between the years of 1848 and 1880. This made the hotel the center of the attention in town. So from them selling food and drinks to hosting big parties in the ballroom. How sweet. Parties. Um, yeah, so it was really, really pretty. Um, so the reason we know about the time that the concrete was actually built in that hotel um, is because... A portion was documented in 1847 um, because one of the most famous Texas Rangers, which is according to an artist um, of an article I read, I can't remember her name, I think it was Willie May. Willie May. There you go. That sounds very (laughs) Texas Ranger for you. (laughs) No, this is the lady who, or man, I'm sorry, I'm not too sure, um, who wrote about it. So he was one of the more famous ones. His name was Jack Hayes. He married Calvert's daughter, which is the man who now owns the hotel. Mm-hmm. So he marries her daughter, and they get married in the south room of the concrete portion of the hotel. So this is documented that they got married in the concrete part, so that's how they know about the time that the concrete was actually made. Um, that's why they can get a time frame on that. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. In 1850, Calvert sold the hotel to Dr. William Sims, Reed, and William Carpenter. And this time, from 1850 to 1860, the middle section of the hotel, in which, wo- in which was wooden, sorry, 
um, would combine and make the hotel now one instead of separate sections. So the stagecoach, um, the Lime Creek, everything is now combined to one. So it's just one big-ass hotel. Big hotel. Now. Okay. It's not separate buildings anymore. Makes sense. Um, this was making it um, the largest and most elegant hotels in that time era. So um, we just flip script and go straight to the 1900s. Um, so the next owners were Colonel Thomas Dickey Johnson and Catherine. I have a brother named Dickey. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, and Catherine Calvert Johnson, um, who would own the hotel until about the 1900s. So they owned it from that time um, that the middle section was bought, so a little bit after that, so like 1860 to 1900s. Um, the hotel flourished with guests to about 1910 after becoming a boarding house. So after the hotel became a boarding house around 1910. Um, in the 1930s, the Lam Lanham, L-A-N-N-O-M, Lanham? Lanham. That's couple, how I would say it. Uh, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, that couple owned the hotel, making the upstairs part of the hotel um, apartments. And then they lived on the bottom floor. Um, they owned this building for about the next 65 years after that. So after them, they're pretty much the last few owners. Um, in the year 2000s, the hotel, uh, or house, whichever you want to assume that it is, um, right. was now abandoned, but it was still under the, the Landlum family's name. So it was never sold after that. It was still under their name. It was they just, just left it there. Yeah. It was just abandoned at this point. Um, in 2012, the hotel was listed as most endangered historic place. So basically it was listed as that. And I'm assuming, um, which the new owners will talk about, the minute it was being petitioned, it should be knocked down or not. And, but it was listed as one of the most endangered historic places. So um, it was able to stay there because it was historic, whatever. You know what oh, I'm saying. sweet. Yeah. So, and on March 1st, 2013, the new owners and the current owners now own it. Um, their name are Jim and Aaron Gindy. Um, the Gindys have done rec reconstruction on the hotel, uh, bringing it back to its 1800s life. So, so now it's a hotel again? Um, yes. It only has two bedrooms, though. A so two-bedroom hotel. Yeah, so it's okay. pretty small. They... How do I explain it? They, like, only have, like, 20 people per um, visitation, like, a month or something like that. Like, okay, so it's, like, really small. So it's, like, limited for right now, because it just opened in August, I want to say, of this year. Whoa. So, yeah, it just opened. Okay. So, um, they brought it back to its 1800s life, so it basically looked how, I mean, very similar to how it would have looked back in the day. Um, Vintage. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's um, pretty much the history on the hotel. Mm -hmm. um, so now I will get into the ghost stories. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> All right. So Erin, who is the wife, she is the most current owner at the hotel. Um, she has their statements of her claiming that Figures are caught in mirrors. Furniture moves on its own. Doors are slammed. 
You can hear sounds of footsteps. Oh my gosh. So these are like super active ghosts. Yeah. She says they're very, very active. Okay. Um, the owners will say that they hear voices calling their names and their nicknames even. So not just like their regular names. So they're literally being watched if they have to know their nicknames like that. Yeah. That's I mean, they so live there. So. Oh God. Yeah. Um, she, she's also, um, stated that disconnected phones will still ring. So, like, they're not connected into the wall or anything, but they're ringing. Um, she says that coins will start rolling in circles, and they just will keep rolling, and, or they'll get stuck to the floor, like there's something magnetic holding it down, so you can't move it at all. Um, she... (laughs) Erin says that a lot of activity is shown to her, so um, she sees a lot of this. Like, the ghosts are very comfortable with her. Um, but they've never, like, harmed her or anything? No, she said they've never harmed her. Like, we'll get into one of the ghosts, but he's really the only, like, bad feeling okay, gotcha. spirit so I'll just... that's in there. Um, she, yeah, ghosts are fond of her, so... She's also an author, a historian, and a medium. Her mother was also a well-known psychic who um, sometimes helped the San Antonio Police Department with missing persons case. So, so her mom was like a volunteer detective, pretty much. But okay, she was, sweet. A, so, but she, you know, was a psychic. So, <coughs> sorry, she helped with a lot of cases. I need to take a drink because I'm dying. Well, then at that case, I'll go ahead and do the same. Sorry. All right. So, the first ghost I will tell about is going to be James Campbell. James Campbell was the very first owner, remind you. And now he's a ghost in the house. Yes, now he is a ghost in the house. Okay. He obviously died in 1840 when, like I said, he only stayed there for a few months and then was dead. Um, So, a little bit about James because I didn't give in the history because I wanted to give his ghosts a little bit of story. So, James Campbell was one of the first co-founders of Seguin, also being one of our first Texas Rangers. Um, after he owned the log cabin, um, it would obviously be turned into the hotel years later. Um, but in 1840, he was shortly killed months after uh, just arriving there. Campbell fought in the council house fight in San Antonio, leaving many Comanches dead. Um, the Comanches obviously wanted to come back for revenge, mm-hmm. um, because you're not going to get away. I mean, that makes sense. If yeah. I'm going to be a ghost and I'm stuck here, I'm obviously going to come for you. Right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so the Comanches come back, they find James, they stab him 27 times. Whoa. <laughs> scalp him, rob his horses, and leave rob him. Rob his horses? So the ghosts just run off with this no, man's No, no, no. No, 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 Comanches are Mexican army. Mm-hmm. He, wanted, he went into a fight before he was dead. Okay, I thought he was fighting <laughs> the Indian ghost. That's what I was like, wait, they sound like they're going in on this man. Okay, all right, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I feel you. James was alive. He fought in the fight uh-huh. with the Comanches. The Comanches are mad, killed him. Now he's dead. Now he's Gotcha. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, this is too extreme right now. <laughs> okay, so... They left him for dead, whatever. Days later, um, fellow Texas Rangers found his lifeless body. And they bury him um, not too far 
from um, the, which was the cabin at the time, but they buried him not too far from there, so I'm sure he's still somewhere around that area, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so Campbell, let's talk about what he haunts now. Um, <clears throat> he's known to haunt his favorite part of the house, which would be considered the smoke room. However, now the new owners, they don't allow anybody to smoke in the house. So, you know, sometimes they'll see, like, um, air, like, smoke in the air, and they'll smell it, and people will be like, oh, well, somebody's probably smoking, and they're like, we don't allow smoking in the hotel. That's super scary. Yeah. Um, uh, they smell his cigar smoke, and they can hear, because he used to rock in a rocking chair apparently a lot, so they can hear something rocking in the rocking chairs in that smoke room so yeah he haunts that room and then ghost number two um we have emma volker oh my gosh my baby sister's name is emma this is (laughs) creepy the light glitching this is too much sorry and you don't want this to be your baby sister definitely not so this one's kind of a bummer um, Emma was a 12-year-old girl who, um, she was mistakenly killed by a serial killer oh. who also stayed at this hotel. Um, I don't, it, her whole story is a story inside of itself, and I kind of want to do, like, a, maybe, like, a mini-episode or something. Yeah. Of her, to because, her yeah, it's a, it's a pretty sad one. Um, she's been known to be seen looking out the hotel's windows um, she's also claimed to be one of the more favorite ghosts on the ghost tours. Um, Erin also, the owner, calls her, a uh, sweet-faced girl. No. Yeah, so... That's really sad. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give too much about her, because, like I said, I want to, um, give her a little mini-sode on herself, and, but... I mean, she made a big impact on everybody after her death. It was very, very sad. Um, I actually did watch a YouTube video um, of somebody doing a tour, and one of the tours was in her room. And there was three to- there was three toys sitting in the middle of the floor, and Aaron was obviously giving the tour to the owner. And she was like, would you like to play a game? And the guy was like, what, what game? And um, she was like, the light game. And so she grabs his flashlight, and she puts it in front of the toys, and she's like, um, I'm, I'm going to assume this is going to be Emma because it's in Emma's room. But I couldn't really hear the name that she kept saying or if she was saying a name at all because um, they were very short. Um, but she gets the flashlight and she sets it in front of these three toys and um, she turns it on and puts it down. And she's like, can you turn the light off for us? There's three toys right there. Can you turn the light off for us? Uh, uh. The light turns <laughs> off. I'd be going. Yeah, the light turns off, and she's like, she looked at the guy, the YouTube guy, and like looked at him, and um, and then she's like, can you turn it on one more time, please, baby? Just turn it on one more time, really quick, and the light turns back on right after that. Well, I mean, that one's a sweet gift, so maybe I wouldn't be gone. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, cool, that's kind of like a magic trick. Hopefully, yeah, like, right? this goes right. Like. As yeah. long as she's not throwing things, I would hope. <laughs> right, because then that's when I would be gone. Yeah, exactly. But that I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, a lot of people might not believe or whatever, but I, I mean, he, he, he even in the video, he was like, I promise I didn't um, play any tricks with that light. And da, da, da. Oh, my gosh. 
gosh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I really want to go here, actually, to this hotel. But, yeah, that was a little about Emma. Um, so now we're going to go to the next ghost. Her name was, uh, I might say this wrong, Adelia, I-D-E-L-L-A, um, Lampkins. She was the town's fortune teller, and as Aaron uh, claims, she's the guardian of the hotel. Um, how did I say her name just a second ago? I'm just going to say Lampkins. Um, <laughs> okay. So, Lampkins was a psychic who lived in Seguin um, and did readings at the hotel. She died in 1965 at the age of 90. What? Okay, so, I mean, the light just flickered again. <laughs> oh That's an update on the light. Jeez. That, but that hey, she lived till 90s, I mean. Yeah, I mean, she had a pretty good life, if you ask me. Um, she's apparently one of the most active ghosts there. Uh, per Aaron, she has, like, a very strong presence. So, she's known to touch your hair. She's known to hug you. She's known to sit on the edge of your bed at 2 a.m. But apparently she's nice, so. Okay, so they got two nice ghosts so far. Yeah, two nice ones. I mean, and one that just smokes and rocks in a rocking chair. I mean, yeah, they don't he, sound that too bad. He's not too mean. <laughs> um, the next few are just um, not huge stories, so they're just a few. Um, so number four is going to be a ghost that was a guest at the hotel. He's known as the Suicide Cowboy. That sounds horrible already. <laughs> he um, apparently jumped off of a stagecoach and shot himself in the head and died on the property. So he's stuck there. Um, another one is JJ. JJ was apparently a traveling salesman who was a guest also at the hotel. Um, they found JJ and he had this light, dude. Um, they found JJ and he had slit his throat from ear to ear. Just out of nowhere. I'm assuming he was depressed, but That's I don't know. extreme. I mean, maybe he was having family issues. Well, nope, maybe that wasn't the answer to life. Right? Okay, no. Nope. That's not it. Let's just not guess. <laughs> Let's just go. It's okay. Okay, um, number six, um, they call her the Weeping Woman. The Weeping Woman, um, her name is also believed to be Sarah. She haunts the ballroom, um, and she died waiting at the hotel, waiting for her lover to come back on the stagecoach. Oh, my God. I'm and such he... a hopeless romantic, so that just breaks <laughs> my heart. He never shows. <laughs> so, she's there. Really Apparently, you can hear her crying and things like that. Um, I, there is going to be pictures of some of the ghosts that I will post on the Instagram, just so y'all can see some of the pictures that I'm kind of describing. Um... There's also, or like the even the rooms that some of the incidents happened in, so y'all can see that too. Uh, number seven, they apparently her name is Willie. She was a younger woman who offed herself, and consequently her unborn child. Oh my gosh. She's um, apparently killed herself in the pink claw foot bath, which I will post a picture of. It's very. A pink a, claw bath, though, sounds really cute. I mean, like, it'd be besides cute if story, I knew I didn't sorry. see, if I didn't know somebody died in it, yeah, it'd yeah. cute. Um, Erin claims that her spirit is precious, though. So, so right, she's, she's nice in the afterlife. They're I good guess. to go. Yeah, so. Um, then we have another one, number eight. Um, her name is Amelia. Amelia's children later own the hotel, um, 
and during that time that's when it was a boarding house as well um she haunts the hotel uh because she passed away in her sleep in the house so I'm sure well, it was peaceful peaceful yeah. exactly if i if i had they to pick didn't my say way she was mean yeah they I say thought. none of the ghosts in the house are mean actually like none of them really are violent in any way or like don't want them there like they yeah, all they're just living good. their life in their separate rooms yeah all right basically cool. um number nine is a squatter he um stayed there when the hotel was abandoned for about 20 years after the um landlums moved out you know mm-hmm. um so he local police found this man because they were shooing off um other squatters, like crackheads and things like that, that were in the hotel. <laughs> Very <laughs> specific. That was so specific. I'm sorry. All right, all right. Um, so they were shooing them off or whatever, and they found this man dead, and he was dead for quite some time by the time they found him, mm-hmm. and apparently he was suffocated. So don't know who killed him, but he's there. <laughs> he's at that. He's stuck. He might be stuck. Probably can't get his piece. I mean, I wouldn't either. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, then number ten. Um, I didn't want to do a big story on him either, but my notes are kind of long for him. Um, this is a piece of shit, William Faust. He was the one who killed little Emma. Ugh. You yes. Sick bastard. Yes. Um. Okay, no, dude, see now? <laughs> I don't know, Lucy, because the lights just started flickering way harder when we started talking shit about this ghost. I'm freaking out. Hard, oh my dude. god, that was weird. Dude, alright, I'm about to hurry up and get through my story because this is not okay. Okay, so, let me get through him really quick. So, um, he is a man who killed Emma Volker, the little girl that I described earlier, meaning to kill his wife. Um... Voss rode into New Braunfels from the hotel, and he stole the freaking owner's horse. He didn't even have his own horse. He stole, that is ridiculous. He literally stole it. Piece of shit. So, um, him and his wife, <laughs> him and his wife were very, um, good families with Emma's family. So, um, you know, Voss's wife would stay over there a lot with them, and he kind of knew of their routine on where they slept and things like that. Um, unfortunately, that night, oh, the wife's name, by the way, so I can start saying her name is Helene. Helene. H-E-L-E-N-E. Helene. Yeah. It's not Helen. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so that night, unfortunately, Emma and Helene switched places. So usually it would be Emma on the floor and then Helene in the bed, in Emma's bed. So that night when Voss went to the house to go kill his wife, he went straight for the bed. Oh my god, so it wasn't even meant for her to die. It was not meant it's for her to die. Um, once he noticed that it was the little girl, it was Emma and not Helene, he just went straight to the floor and started axing Helene. Um, Emma unfortunately died, but Helene actually did not die. Uh, she was just left blind for the rest of her life. So she didn't die, but she was blind, so still pretty shitty if you ask me. Um, uh, and all of this was done with 
an axe and the axe you can see in one of the rooms still like in his room apparently that he stayed in they hung an axe i'm not sure if it's the axe or but yeah it, i'm sure it is because when he came back to the room he still had the axe on him like yeah um after he killed both of them or thought he killed both of them he went straight back to the hotel laid his head down and calmly went to sleep wow just like whatever no big deal didn't just Kill my whole family. Yep. Who cares? Um, you know what the motive was? Just so, just why he killed his wife? Why he wanted to kill his wife? Why? He was in love with her sister. You sick <laughs> fuck. So he why did he just her. run away with her? What was the point of killing them? Girl, in the 1800s, so. Okay, yeah, way <laughs> before me. <laughs> way. Uh, so, yeah, um, he did get caught, like, the next day, literally, so he didn't go long. Um, they all knew it was him. Like, it was the most obvious one. Um, but during his sentence, he did admit to two more killings. Uh, so he was going to be convicted for all four. Um, but during his court date, an unknown civilian um, shot him in the head through the courthouse window. <laughs> so he died in the courthouse. Wow. And he is a ghost at the hotel. Next ghost. <laughs> Just <laughs> segueing out that. All right. So, um, so, ghost number 11, his name is Lil John. Um, Lil John. Yes. Okay. And I know, don't say that. Lil John was an African-American boy. Um, I'm not too sure how he passed it. I literally could not find any information besides that he was a ghost there. But, um, he's claimed to enjoy tossing pebbles at people at the back door. So pebbles would just be flying at you. Um, but yeah, it's harmless. It's not like he's chunking a whole bunch at you, but, um, apparently there's pictures that can be found of him, which I also post near a large mirror where he likes to hang out at. Okay, cool. That'd be nice to see. All right. Um, number 12 and 13, the last two ghosts. Um, so, um... I couldn't find the last two ghosts at first, to be honest. Like, I kept researching and researching, and then... Did I... you know that there were 13 ghosts? Yes, okay. I knew that there was 13. Um, so, and I couldn't find the last two, so I was like, what the hell? But when I looked at that YouTube video, the one with the um, light, mm -hmm. this is where I saw the last two groups of ghosts. Um, so, the last two ghosts was Dr. Reed, the owner in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, and two children. I'm gonna assume they're her children, because they're always so seen, like, standing next to her. Also, that does not say, I tried, like, Googling her, it doesn't say anything, it pulls up doctors now, like, it doesn't say anything. <laughs> so, um, Google. but it also didn't state exactly how they passed away. However, in, on July 4th in 1855, they experienced an Indian attack. And so I think they were both killed during the Indian attack. Makes um, sense. Dr. Reed and the two children. The two children's name are William and his sister, Jenny. So I will post that picture as well. But that is the last two ghosts on my story. And that was the story of the Magnolia Hotel. I'm glad you brought this in soft. Because with the harmless ghosts, because I was pretty, like... Sort of freaking out for a bit, but all right, I liked it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I mean, there wasn't really a mean ghost in this story, yeah. but there. Was I mean, the way they went few. out, it was kind of yeah. shitty. Yeah, 
And a lot of them went out shitty. Being scalped, dude. Having your horse stolen. Or accidentally her. killing your own kid. What? Okay. I don't. I wonder if she knew she was pregnant, but I'm not sure. That's even worse. I know she knew, because it said unconsequently. So maybe like she didn't know, and then they found out she was pregnant. Yeah, that makes sense. Sad shit. Sad shit. Damn, I didn't think I was ever gonna stop talking. Same. (laughs) (laughs) You want to take us all the way back into the 1800s with all your history facts? All right, let's see what you're trying to do here. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to steal the show now here. Uh, okay. I'm going to take us back to Houston right here in our oh, hometown. hometown. Alright, so this is the chilling tale of the Icebox Murders. Ooh, this nice. is going to be like true crime stuff, so this like really happened. Okay. <clears throat> so, June 23rd, 1965. I was born in June, so that's cool. Uh, Houston that's police <laughs> got a phone call from Marvin Martin. Requesting um, a welfare check on, like, his aunt and uncle. Because, mm-hmm. basically, I guess, he hadn't heard from them in days. So, he was trying to see if they picked up a check or anything. Mm-hmm. So, since they hadn't heard from them or anything, the police went to their house. And they... Went to house? The uh, couple. Uh-huh. Fred and Edwina. Sorry, I didn't even mention their names. Fred was 81 and Edwina 79. So, Aww, they're, like, you know, a really old, old couple. Like, Wow. Yeah. Not liking where this is going. Fucked up, dude. I read this and I was like, okay. I don't know if I want, but I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it because it was really fucked up. Okay. All right. So the police went to the couple's house, the old couple's house, mm-hmm. and they knocked on the door. Basically, no one answered, so they got to the point where they're like, all right, we're just gonna kick this shit in. Like, we're going in. Totally. So they go in and nobody's there. Like, they call out for their names. The couple, they go check around, nothing. But they notice there's food on the table. So, like, okay. Like, untouched food or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, that's kind of sketchy. Like, no one's here, but there's just food sitting on their table. Right. So, let me see. I got that officer's name. Officer Bullock. That was the cop's name. He went and checked the fridge, I guess, to see, like, why the food was out. Just mm-hmm. sitting there chilling. And he basically sees what he thought was, like, hog meat cut up. Mm-hmm. I don't <laughs> like this. But he opened it and discovered to find, like, the dismembered bodies of the elderly couple. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so fucked. They articles, articles, my bad, whoa, described the scene as on all the shelves, like, all the freezer compartments were just disem- dismembered bodies cut in unwrapped, washed-off pieces smaller than individual joints. Like, they were literally chopped up, dude, like, dude. butchered. Yeah, crazy shit, right? And this was in their house, right? Yeah, in the oh, couple's man. house. So the officer realized finally what, like, they were dealing with when they opened the... Dude, Freaking light, light, dude. <laughs> if the old people are here, I just want to say I'm so sorry this happened to you. <laughs> this is horrible. So, dude, look, it gets worse. So the cop went to go open, like, the freezer door, and he sees their fucking heads. Oh, In no. the freezer. Together? Yes. Oh. No. It's horrible. They say, okay, we're going to get there. (laughs) I know, it's really bad. So they say that they had been murdered three days before, like, just been in there. Despite, like, the gruesome murders and stuff, the house was completely clean. Like, you couldn't tell that people were just, like, chopped up in the house. Like, it was, like, super tidy. Yeah, like, no evidence. Yeah, just like a normal house. Let me see. 
lost her spot. Right? Because I tried to be all cool and do it on the iPad, and I'm like, I wish I would have wrote this down in a notebook like a normal person. Because this thing keeps turning. It's so annoying. Oh, let me try. I don't know what she's doing. Okay, I liked it. I liked it. Alright. So, anyways. So, the freaking, like, medical examiner who, like, went over their bodies and stuff said that butchering was literally so neat that the person had to know what they were doing. Mm. Yeah. And they said that the killer had, like, drained their blood, chopped them into pieces, and, like, later they found their organs, like, in the sewage. Uh. Like, he basically, like, flushed it or something. So, he has to be, like, um... I don't know. Maybe, like, a meat butcher like, or yeah, something. That's, like, that's what I was trying to say. Meat it's butcher. insane to, like... They said it was that neat. Like, professionalism stuff. Hmm. On this little old couple. That's so sad. Yeah. So, after all that, the next day, the police thought that the only suspect would be the couple's son, who is 43-year-old Charles Roger. And he lived in his parents' attic. Charles was said to be, like, very intelligent. He served in the U.S. Navy as a pilot during World War II. Mm. And he could speak seven different languages. And afterwards, he became a... I do not know how to say this word. I even tried Googling it to, like, push a little, like, you know, sound button so I could hear. But it, they don't have that, I guess. No, I don't know. What is it? Seismologist for Shell Oil. Girl, I don't know either. So if anybody knows and wants to Google that for us and send it in our... I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so that's what the son did. Like, he was, like, super smart and stuff. Like, working in the oil, like, obviously. Right. So they found a bloody keyhole saw, like, in his bedroom, which was most likely used to cut the bodies. And a nationwide manhunt for Charles was launched, but he was, like, never found. Ever? Ever. What So, the? like, he just, like, disappeared, apparently. That was, like, there's nothing after that from the cops or anything. That's it? That's it? Yeah, but no, listen, so, like, that was in, what, 1965, but in 1962, like, these two, like, investigators for the National Intelligence Service Bureau, Mm -hmm. that sounds, like, very high up, they, like, wrote a book about, like, what they believed who Charles was, and they say that, like, Charles was a CIA, CIA agent from 1956 to, like, the mid-90s. That's what these investigators believe, that their son was a CIA agent. I don't know. It's fucking weird to me. But that's the whole story? Like, there's nothing no, else? No, I'm, I'm not done, girl. Oh. I would say, and that's my story. Oh, I thought, you, I thought that was the end of the story. But, like, like from that what? year, like, they just let it go. Like, it was oh, an open case. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was never solved. Like, Gotcha. You yeah. gotta say it's not solved. Like, that's my bad. Sorry. I was like, what? Someone's oh, here. I don't know. Your dog will get the door, apparently. Alright. Yeah, sorry about that. So, they, this, uh, the investigators, they also believe that Charles was one of the men who assassinated President John F. Kennedy. Do you know who that is? <laughs> I didn't finish school, but I Okay, <laughs> just making sure, since you asked me earlier. <laughs> they claim the reason Charles killed his parents was that they had been listening and keeping tracks of his calls. Possibly knowing too much secret information. So these guys think that this man worked for the CIA and his parents were listening to him. So he just like offed them. That's what they're saying. And at the time of the book's publishing, an investigator said it was 
A reasonable theory, however, though, it has been criticized for lack of sources. Of course. So, yeah. But then, so now they're in 1997, this couple. Oh, that was. Never mind. What? You want to tell them how old you are? No. Go for it, girl. <laughs> By all means, do you. So, the forensic accountant Hugh Gardner and his wife Martha had began investigating the case. The couple does not believe Charles was a CIA agent like the other two guys. Yeah, I don't really believe that either. But they do believe he did have deals with the CIA contract workers when he was a seismologist. Ah, very good. I like how you pronounce that. (laughs) Thanks, I tried. (laughs) So, the Gardner couple say that Charles was physically and emotionally abused by his parents while in adulthood and that at the end of their lives, they were defrauding him, like, by forging his signature on deeds of land and stuff. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, his parents were just, that's Mm -hmm. fucked. So now it's like, all right, now I don't know how I'm looking at this old couple that I felt bad for. Mm-hmm. Not oh. saying they should have been, like, murdered like that or anything. Oh. <laughs> like, no, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> but they weren't the sweetest little faces. So, Fred had also been involved in, like, illegal gambling and fraud. And Charles owned the house that they all lived in, not his parents, but he didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And his mom had apparently taken out loans and was just pocketing all the money. Under her son's name? Yeah. Damn. But not even, like, telling him. So, the Gardners believed that his, that he had planned to kill his parents, like, for years. Like, he had been plotting on this. Mm -hmm. Like, with the people he met while working for oil and mining companies. Yeah, mining companies in Mexico. So, they believe while he was out there doing the oil stuff in Mexico, that's when he met these people to help him kill his parents. Or, like, get an idea, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Just <laughs> for forging a signature, I guess. That's still pretty extreme. I know. I like, mean, maybe y'all could, like, talk it out or something, but I don't yeah. know. And I would say maybe that's how they did it back in the days, but this is, like... 1997, like, you said. No, like, 1965. Oh. It's still 1900s. Yeah. But, oh, so, afterwards, they found out that Charles take, had taken off to Honduras, where he was killed, or no... This is what the couple believed that he had taken off to Honduras and was killed over a wage dispute with the miners. And basically that couple's book has also drawn criticism and has been called a a fact-based fiction. So people don't even know if they believe that either. Hmm. Because not that many sources. Right. So to this day, Charles Rogers' fate is still unknown, but he was pronounced dead in 1975 and... This icebox murder case still is remained unsolved to this day. So he only... So they don't even really know for sure if the son even killed the... Like, no, they don't even know who killed this son. So this was only one murder? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was going to be a serial case killer. No. It was just this old couple that got chopped up and they... And they believe it was the son. Yeah. And they just rode with that and it's still unsolved. Criminal minds would not let nothing like this ever happen. They would solve that shit. Yes, see, mine was short. I didn't go into so much history, but it's I okay, got it. you know. Well, yeah, our stories are going to get better, obviously. You know. I think that was good, though. That was kind of good. It's pretty fun. I thought it was going to be... Now I'm thirsty. Something I'm else. Yeah, I'm feeling a little drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I hope y'all enjoyed those stories. I think I enjoyed them. They're pretty good for our first stories. Yeah, most definitely. I dig this. I think... 
It's gonna get it's ten gonna be times great. better. We're gonna have so much fun. This is gonna be amazing. Oh, I love that little <laughs> singing. Uh, we should make that like our little like theme song. All right, amazing. This Ooh, the whole time, right? You better stop. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you. you can find all of our social media, and it will be in the description. Follow us. Please leave any comments. Um, you know. Reviews about us, anything like that. Um, nice anything, reviews. We Keep would, the negativity. Away. I mean, we can't tell you what to do, but we would love nice reviews. Your two booze would love some nice reviews. Two booze. <laughs> All right. All right, this you guys. Great. Thanks so much. See y'all next episode. Later. Bye. If you would like to be featured in one of our future episodes by leaving us a voicemail, you can go to our website at anchor.fm backslash booze with booze or call our booze with booze number at 832-409-3085. If you'd like to send us your hometown stories, contact us at booze with booze, that's B-O-O-Z-E-E at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All of our contact information and social media links will be in the description listed below. Bye!